This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. This is your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and each week we welcome you into the Doctor's Lounge where you get to listen to the subjects that doctors are talking about in doctor's lounges all across the country. We give you the information that you need so that you'll be armed with the information necessary so that you can advocate for yourself and your health care freedom. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the sponsor of the Doctor's Lounge, and the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is a non-for-profit f- uh, f- uh, 401k um, it is a, uh, a C3, rather, uh, and it is a, uh, a an organization that is uh, standing up for health care freedom for Americans all over the country. We are the only physician health care think tank in the country that is run by practicing physicians. And so this puts us in a position that is unique and gives us perspective about health care issues that no one else has. We um, are dependent on your help and your uh, support so that we can continue to bring you uh, shows like the, do- uh, the Doctor's Lounge. And so please go to our website, www docs4patientcarefoundation.org, that's d4pcfoundation.org, and contribute generously to what we're doing so that we can continue to preserve the doctor-patient relationship and fight for health care freedom for you and your family all across the country. Our show is also supported by one of our major sponsors, which is the Heartland Institute, the Heartland Institute has uh, partnered with the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, and we are featured in their uh, monthly healthcare newsletter. We have a uh, recurring column in that uh, newsletter, and we're also f- uh, featured in their website and on their podcasts. Our last podcast was with the treasurer of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, and that would be uh, uh, Dr. Dick Armstrong, who has uh, been uh, in the uh, the doctor's lounge on numerous occasions, and he talked about Medicare and Medicaid uh, issues, and an upcoming show uh, in the uh, Heartland uh, podcast will be uh, with my co-host on this radio show, Dr. Michael Karuchik, who will be talking about IT issues and the boondoggle that is healthcare IT and how that is actually hurting the doctor patient relationship. Well, unfortunately, our guest this morning was supposed to be uh, Becky Gray from the John Locke Foundation, and we uh, are having some difficulty connecting with her. So I'm going to wing it this morning and uh, try to do this off the cuff. Oh, I think she's calling in. Hang on right here. I'm going to give the phone to to uh, my producer, David Moxley, and we're going to try to patch her in. But uh, the uh, John Locke Foundation is a uh, uh, healthcare think tank in North Carolina, and, uh, and we uh, have had uh, a... a uh, 
opportunity to connect with her when we were at the uh, Heritage Foundation Resource Bank just a couple of weeks ago in Philadelphia. And at the Heritage Resource Bank, we had an opportunity to uh, talk with many partners in healthcare who are interested in what the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is doing. And if you've noticed a, uh, a trend in the shows that we've been doing, we've been trying to feature some of the partners that we've had. Uh, the Heartland Institute is one of those partners. We've had them on. We've been um, working for a long time with the Heritage Foundation. We've had them on as well. And this week, uh, our guest, who is now joining us in the uh, in the uh, doctors' lounge momentarily, um, is from the John Locke Foundation, which is a free market foundation based in North Carolina. And when we get her on in a moment, we'll have Becky. Uh, tell you um, a little bit more about the John Locke Foundation, but we're going to be talking a little bit more about a subject that we've really covered quite a bit, which cannot be covered uh, enough, which is certificate of need laws. Now, um, this is gaining steam, and I think that there's really uh, a lot of momentum around the country um, for uh, uh, uh efforts that are geared towards going away from a central government-run program because people are quickly uh, discovering how difficult it is for them uh, with rising health care costs, less choices for physicians, with restricted panels, with insurance company cutbacks. We're seeing just in the last couple of weeks how the insurers are now realizing that because of Obamacare, they can't continue to provide coverage for everything that Obamacare mandates them to cover. The very rich insurance programs that is Obamacare are untenable they just cost way too much money and united healthcare has reported that their uh, the product that they have on the uh, on, on through the healthcare exchanges is going to result in them losing 800 million dollars now i don't have any sympathy for these insurance companies because number 1 they have um, They've had uh, they've been responsible for the uh, Obamacare. They were part and parcel to allowing this to take place. And number two, uh, the the uh, although they've lost money on their Obamacare products, they've made more money than ever because they've been able to raise premiums on all the rest of their products. So yes, they've lost money on one book of business that they have, but uh, they're still making more money than they ever have before, so we can't feel too badly for these insurance companies. And so the uh, people are realizing that their choices are becoming limited, and uh, they're looking for alternatives, and there's an appetite out there now for people uh, to seek these alternatives and doing the efforts that we're doing with um, 
certificate of need reform or elimination with uh, alternative health care delivery models like direct primary care. This is really striking a nerve with people around the country, and it's gaining momentum. And I think we now have uh, connected with um, today's guest in the doctor's lounge, um, which is Becky Gray. Good morning, Becky. Good morning. We had a little trouble connecting, I think, this morning, but I'm well, glad I'm glad you're here. But but we're here now. Yes, yep, we great. are. Happy Be- to be with you. Well, thank you. Let me just introduce you for for just a, a second, and then I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about the John Locke Foundation. But Becky Gray is uh, with us. She's the vice president for outreach for the John Locke Foundation, and uh, she is uh, responsible for uh, the information, dissemination, consultation, publications of uh, various issues that uh, the John Locke Foundation is involved with. And we had an opportunity to connect at the resource uh, the resource bank at the Heritage Foundation uh, just a few weeks ago in Philadelphia. And uh, Becky is in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, which is the home of the John Locke Foundation. And so, Becky, why don't you tell our audience about uh, what the John Locke Foundation is all about. Sure. Well, you know, as you mentioned, we're here in North Carolina in the capital, Raleigh, and we are a state-based public policy think tank. So we're only here in North Carolina. We're not part of a national group. We're not a national chapter. We are just here in North Carolina, and we focus on issues that are important to North Carolinians and North Carolina issues. But, of course, you know, as I was listening to the first uh, segment, so many of these national issues have a great impact on the states. And then with the gridlock in Washington, more and more attention is focused on the states to promote free markets, limited government, those kind of things, because in so many cases we just feel like Washington is hopeless. So that's a role that the John Locke Foundation has. We have been in business for about 25 years. Um, We focus on issues like taxes and budget, economic issues, energy issues, education, health care, transportation, those kind of things. And we do do that in a variety of ways. We have a monthly newspaper called Carolina Journal. We also have a daily online edition of Carolina Journal. We have a research staff that writes, you know, does, as you would expect, sort of a traditional research think tank, white tower almost, um, where we have academics, we have PhDs, we have economists who are looking at those important issues, as I mentioned. And um, again, we've been around for 25 years. We've got a lot of information on our website, johnlock.org or carolinajournal.com. But, you know, just in short, I'll tell you, we believe that the Constitution is a rule book, not a list of suggestions. We think that government is too big. We think it costs too much. And we think that people are smart enough to make decisions for themselves. So that's kind of the short version of our mission and what we do. Wow. Well, that's that's quite a mouthful, and and there's a lot uh, to cover as far as that's concerned. But we focus in the doctor's lounge on the health care. So that's what I'm going to hone down on, and and I think we're going to discuss today. And for I'm hoping that uh, we have a little bit broader listening uh, audience. Uh, if you're um, uh, the people that are John Locke subscribers have gotten 
the information about you being here on the show today. And uh, I want uh, everybody who's a new listener to uh, to understand that the things that we're covering in the doctor's lounge are the issues that are important to everybody in healthcare, and the things that we think from the Docs for Patient Care Foundation are necessary to uh, to uh, work on in order to get healthcare back into the hands of people and away from central planners in Washington. And uh, some of the issues and topics that that uh, we are interested in, I think we we share a lot of common ground with the John Locke Foundation. And uh, I'd like to uh, uh, cover some of those issues. One of them, I know that you've been working um, quite a bit on, uh, Becky, is uh, the whole issue about certificate of need. Right, and that's been a very big issue here in North Carolina. Tell um, tell us tell us first of all, you know, again, we have. I'm hoping that we have new listeners, and so why don't you uh, explain um, about uh, certificate of need and and uh, and why this is such an important issue for North Carolina and for the country? Right. Um, well, what this is basically, um, certificate of need is where. As a provider, as perhaps a physician who wants to invest in new technology, expand facilities, build a new facility to offer access to patients in a particular area, states that have certificate of need laws, you have to ask the government for a permission slip in order to do that. And it's a very long, it's a very um, very complex process, it's a very expensive process to go through and um, <clears throat> then the additional hurdle with that is competitors to what, what your facility may be, whether it's a hospital, and, and most of the time we see that it's these big hospital groups, um, can step in and, and say that they don't want your facility to be there. Um, and so what we have is we have less competition because the medical facilities are controlled by a very small group. Uh, we have limited access because these facilities are not being able to be built or expanded in areas where there is a need. And then, of course, with that, you have a limited quality of care, which is a concern. And it also is a disincentive for new technology, to, for new innovations, to invest in new record-breaking kinds of technology that might very well, and in many cases, would save lives. Um, so it's it's a real problem. It's a problem here in North Carolina, but it's a problem in a lot of states. You know what, as well. Be- Becky? We're going to take a break right here. This is uh, where we have our first hard break. So you're gonna we're going to pick up on certificate of need and why it's a problem in other states when we get back into the doctor's lounge. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. With all the back and forth in today's politics, 
it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're back in the doctor's lounge on America's Web Radio. This is your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, with my guest, Becky Gray, from the John Locke Foundation. Becky and I were discussing certificate of need, um, its implications, what it means for North Carolina and for the country. So, Becky, pick up where we left off, if you will. Sure. So, you know, what we see with these Certificate of Need mandates is that there are, it restricts access to care. It handcuffs health providers from offering the care that is very well needed in their communities. With less competition, we see health care cost increasing, and it undermines the doctor-patient relationship because there's fewer options to develop that. And, you know, this is nothing new. In 1987, well, I think it was in the 1970s, the federal government put in place the Certificate of Need requirements, but it didn't take them long to figure out that it wasn't working, that it was restricting access and it was increasing cost. So in 1987, the federal government repealed that Certificate of Need mandate. And since then, 16 states have repealed their Certificate of Need laws, but many states still have those Certificate of Need laws, and they vary a little bit from state to state. But even with that, the bottom line is with this control, with this requirement to get a permission slip to expand new technology, better facilities, more treatment options, um, this is hurting the healthcare system. It's increasing cost, and, and I know that you have been an outspoken advocate for eliminating the certificate of need requirements. Um, again, many states are looking at this, and, and North Carolina is just one of them. So, the last state to eliminate certificate of need, I believe, was Wisconsin in uh, 2000. So, it's been quite a while since anybody has taken this up. But I think the climate right now is favorable to uh, uh, get this issue out in front of people and uh, and reintroduce this. Don't you don't you agree? I absolutely agree, and I think that it has a lot to do with where we've come in the last you know just five years with the implementation of Obamacare, with the disaster that that has been, with people really beginning to realize there are real cost associated with health care and it's out of control and it's unsustainable and as people are looking at that and kind of looking around and saying okay what can we do what has caused this and are there things that we can do to, to rein in this um this cost but still maintain the quality of medical care that we have in this country 
Um, so I think that there's clearly an appetite to begin to look at that, to look at these monopolies that have been created with certificate of need. And, and other things, too, you had mentioned uh, direct primary care. I, I think that the appetite is very much across the country of really looking at health care and asking some good, hard questions. And people, doctors like yourself, you know, it's not just coming from patients saying, wait a minute, the product that I'm consuming is costing too much. It's the actual providers of those medical services like yourself that are providing the leadership of saying, hey, we agree with you and our hands are being tied as well. We all need to get in this together. What are you seeing, Becky, in North Carolina regarding the attitude of patients with regard to health care? Do you get the sense that they're angry with what's going on or that they are frustrated or that they are tired of this or all of the above? All of the above. All of the above. And, you know, North Carolina is not unique in the the disaster that Obamacare has had. Uh, Just recently, we have had another insurance company pull out of providing those those policies under the ACA. And again, you know, with less competition, the costs go up. And then here in North Carolina, as other places, um, people have seen their health insurance go up by many, many, many percentage points, and there doesn't seem to be any end to it. Um, And then, you know, how we we look at this and we look at the health care concerns that we as individuals are being impacted. But the other thing that I think people are starting to realize, too, is from a government standpoint and with state health plans that taxpayers are underwriting, as, as, you know, we should. I mean, we have that obligation to our state employees. But it's not only impacting us as individual consumers of health care. It's very greatly impacting state budgets and taxpayers. And so looking at these things, too, these reforms, these alternative um, ways of delivering medical care, opening up the market, it impacts us, again, not only as consumers but as taxpayers and has tremendous impact on state budgets. You know, one of the things that people are telling me that I'm hearing is that that, that patients, that the public is getting tired of this whole health care disaster. And they are warming up to the idea that maybe it's better to have a single payer and not have to deal with all of this nonsense, certificate of need or insurance company nonsense, what have you. In fact, in November in Colorado, there will be a... um, one of the, uh, uh, I guess, uh, constitutional amendments or one of the um, provisions that they'll be voting on will be for a single-payer system called Colorado Care. Are you getting the sense where you live and, and the people that you talk to that, uh, that the, the fatigue factor is, is driving people to feel this way, or, or are they getting angry and, and are they supporting efforts like the ones that, that John Locke Foundation, Docs for Patient Care Foundation, and others are trying to uh, promote and, and drive in, in regard to like free market solutions? Um, well, I think that clearly people are very fatigued 
of the complications of the, um, the, the increase in cost, the less access. Um, and I think it's always important to make the determination between health care and health insurance are not the same thing. And so when people are t- they're tired of the, the insurance system, they're tired of having to ask permission to go to their doctor, they're tired of the erosion of the patient-doctor relationship. I don't think there's any question that we have the best health care available in the world. The problem is we can't get to it because of all of this government interference. So we're sort of at a crossroads here, and, and you really hit a very important point. We're at a crossroads here, we have an unsustainable system. It is spiraling out of control. Um, I think due mostly to many of the mandates and the provisions that were put into place through Obamacare. So there's there's a fork in the road. In which direction do you take? Is it more government control, or is it opening up to the free market? And I believe very strong advocate for free markets. I mean, we know that works. We know it works in everything, and we know that it will work in healthcare because as we're looking at states that don't have certificate of need have lower healthcare costs. They have greater access to healthcare. We see that. There's a comparison because 16 states have repealed their certificate of need law, so we don't have to look far to make a comparison. We're seeing um, great things with direct primary care, as you mentioned, and other alternatives. Um, I I, I believe, I mean, I I believe that part of the deal when Obamacare was put into place and the deal that was made with insurance companies, that the the goal all along was to go to a single-payer system. Um, I think that we have an opportunity to fight back from that and to, again, introduce market forces into health care with some of these alternative um, delivery packages and ideas that we're talking about, getting government out of the way so that um, people can develop those relationships with their doctors again. So, uh, yes, the frustration is real. And I think that for you know most, most folks that are sitting around their kitchen table um, getting their kids off to school this morning, having their coffee, getting themselves to work, starting very busy days. You know, they just want things to, they, they want to be able to go to the doctor when they've got, when their kid's got a sore throat or a broken arm or, you know, they just want to be able to do this without all of this complication and they want it to be affordable. And the direction that we're going towards more government control is taking us further and further, further into that downward spiral. <sighs> It doesn't sound very optimistic when you put it that way, Becky. But, but you know, I think one of the – I, I uh, agree with what you're saying about the government. This is a, uh, uh, an agenda that progressives have had for decades. This is the – I think we're, we're reaching uh, the point in time that they've hoped to get to for – for um, as long as uh, as progressivism has has uh, um, been in this country, and it, it's uh, it's creeping incrementalism, which is how I how I uh, term it. But I, I think that one of the players in this whole uh, uh, <laughs> Greek tragedy is, uh, and I hope we don't become a Greek tragedy. One of the major players are the hospitals themselves, which benefit from keeping the certificate of need laws 
as is without any changes and uh, I, I will I can I can go on about that but I'd like to hear your take on this well you know we hear a lot of things from the hospitals and um, we, we've certainly had that debate here in North Carolina and I think it's one that has been, is taking place across the country um, the and, and a lot of this, I think, is tied to the entitlement programs and the mandates that hospitals provide care for anyone that happens to walk into their door. And so it, 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 it is a factor in the market that from the very beginning is not what you and I would traditionally call a free market because the hospitals are required to provide free care. Well, they've got to pay the light bills. They've got to pay their employees. They've you know, if they've got to pay all of those kind of things. So where do they get the money when they have to provide all this charity care? You, and yeah. I'm, I'm not suggesting that we don't do that. Well, you know, we're going we're gonna to get into this because I think this is a, a fascinating direction to go in because it brings up so much about what people expect and, and what's possible. And, uh, and that's a great break right now. Um, uh, for this segment in the Doctors' Lounge on America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back in the Doctor's Lounge in America's Web Radio with your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and my guest, Becky Gray, Vice President for Outreach from the John Locke Foundation. And I uh, apologize for the rocky start in our show this morning. We were uh, just a little bit uh, discombobulated, but we're back on track, and we're talking about great issues that are important to everybody about health care, uh, issues that the John Locke Foundation in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, deals with regularly, and as does Docs for Patient Care, and many of our other strategic partners that we uh, work with in uh, health care around the country, including the Heartland Institute and the Heritage Foundation. Um, 
go to their websites, support their efforts, uh, as well as the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which brings you this show and does very important work to fight for your healthcare freedom and for the doctor-patient relationship. So, Becky, we were talking about the free care mandate that hospitals are uh, responsible for and ostensibly is the reason why they get to fight for continuation of certificate of need. Right. The, the argument that you will hear from them is if competition is allowed to be built on these you know, facilities, MRI machines, different x-ray kind of machines and those kind of things. It will take, if you will, the paying customers away from the hospital, and the hospital will be left with only the charity non-paying, non-insurance-covered individuals that by law they have to provide care for. But what we've seen with a lot of these facilities is uh, they also treat charity care patients. Um, And so in As a matter of fact, in North Carolina, legislation that was proposed last year where the hospitals provide 2 to 3% of their care as charity care, elimination of certificate of need would come with a requirement that the new facilities provide 7% charity care. So what we're seeing is providers, facilities are more than happy to take up their share, even more of the share of the charity care to be able to provide these services and while this argument is going on about, and let's be honest, it's about money. It's about the bottom line. While this argument is going on, people are having to travel two, three hours to receive care, whether it's dialysis, whether it is long-term care, whether it's mental health beds. All of these things are, are controlled under certificate of need. So the people, the, the people at their most vulnerable point when they have a a sickness in their family, when they have a very ill infant, when they are facing surgery, are being this additional stress, this additional inconvenience, this additional expense as they have to travel, you know, in many cases two, three hours to receive that care that they happen to need. Um, And again, you know, in, in states that have eliminated certificate of need, you just don't have this issue. You have facilities that are popping up places where the access is needed. The other thing is they can can lower the cost of these procedures, and there's been a lot of research done on, you know, almost line by line, different procedures, what the comparison of the cost is having that procedure in a hospital compared to having it in, say, an ambulatory surgical center. The results are better. There's less infection. There's less... um, you know, I, I don't know all these medical terms. That's that's your your thing. But you know, where people have complications, they have to be readmitted to take care of those things. There's much much less of that when you have more options, when you have more facilities. So you know, all of this makes sense until you stop and kind of sit back from it and think. In many cases, and I would argue that in many cases, this is not about patient care. This is about profit and government control. It's not just government control, Becky. It's it's a hospital control. And I am a, uh, a firm believer in the fact that they are a big part of this problem. They were part and parcel to the creation of Obamacare, the American Hospital um, Association, the AHA, had a seat at the table with, with the construction of Obamacare, and they are the major beneficiary 
of what's happening right now. And, I, and, and we can devote an entire show to this, but let me just say this. Hospitals are mandated to give charity care. A hospital doesn't give any care at all. Doctors give the care. And so the doctors who staff the hospital are the ones who are actually giving the care, not the hospital. The hospital is the facility at which they they um, give that care in, but it doesn't have to be. And um, the hospital is the most expensive place in the healthcare delivery system for delivery of healthcare services. And why is that? Because the system has been so skewed in favor of allowing that to happen. And the largest increase in the um, in, in the manpower in hospitals are not physicians, but administrators and, and managers, middle managers, who have absolutely zero um, uh in, in, in the way of health care, it's, it's all about building an infrastructure. And in every city in this country, maybe not so much in rural America, it, it, it's not seen, but in virtually every city in this country, we're witnessing a, a, uh, a war, basically, between the health care institutions in, in these communities trying to buy up physicians and increase market share and increase their power and influence over the um, healthcare community. Just in Philadelphia, when we were at both at the, um, at the uh, uh, resource bank for the Heritage Foundation, when we were walking to the, um, the meeting, the restaurant that we were, that we were both uh, attended, the uh, meeting at the Mercatus, from the Mercatus Institute, we, we passed three different competing healthcare Concerns. One of the, two of them were right across the street from each other: the the Hospital of Philadelphia and uh, Temple Healthcare. And they're just building these these enormous institutions that are just trying to um, become the behemoths and and uh, control really the delivery of healthcare. And this is, I think, one of the reasons why certificate of need reform is so important because the hospital control over over health care right now is what is driving up costs and this is going to hurt patients it's going to um, hurt uh, people in terms of their pocketbooks and also in terms of the quality of care that they get because when the doctors work for the hospitals instead of for the patients, which is what happens when they're employed by the hospitals, then the care that the patients receive is what suffers. And and I think that's that's really the the unspoken villain in this whole uh, healthcare saga. The victims are the patients, and the villains are the government, the insurance companies, and yes, the hospitals. They are not part of the solution. They are part of the problem. You're exactly right. And I would also add to that victim list, you know, as you alluded to, it, it is the patients. But it's also the doctors. Um, many doctors, and, and you and I have had this conversation, you know, you didn't go to medical school to work for a big hospital and, you know, be a, a, be a robot delivering medical care. And, um, you know, the physicians and the health care providers are also the victims in this in that the way that they want to practice their profession is limited and controlled by the big hospitals whose 
you know, they're, they're looking at the bottom line. And the other thing that I think is an important point to bring up in this, too, is this whole system of the control, of the monopoly, of, you know, not being able to, in, for you, not to be able to invest in a facility so that you could deliver care the way that you want it to deliver care as a health care provider. It also is a real disincentive to make those investments, to make those investments in new technology, in innovation. Um, you know, it, it, it's just, it's like throwing a, a cold, wet blanket over any kind of new ideas. And so when we talk about the quality of care, it is the quality of care that is actually delivered today that suffers, but it's also the quality of care that could be delivered tomorrow that we'll never see because of this artificial control. You're 100% right about that, Becky. And I, as a physician and as a leader of physicians, both in the healthcare reform world and in terms of the practice of medicine world, I don't like to view ourselves as victims. I'd rather view ourselves as heroes, the ones who are trying to beat back the the villains in this saga and uh, create something better than what we have right now. And people very often will criticize the efforts of people like you or me saying that we're trying to push back things in healthcare to the way that they were decades and decades ago. And that's not necessarily true. I think that uh, I think we're, we're not trying to push back anything at all. We're trying to move things forward because in the, on the path that we're on, so much of what we are, the promise of what we can see, which is what you alluded to just a second ago, cannot be fulfilled. You know, the, there's so much that's possible. Individual medicine, the treatments that have, are being devised for taking care of cancers or taking care of genetic diseases before they e- babies are even born, these are all realities. They're not dreams, but they can't be fulfilled under a repressive system where there's no innovation, where there's no incentive, where there is going to be a allocation of resources based on political um, connections and and uh, other uh, political issues, and and this is not the the vision for healthcare that I think you or I or any any of the doctors that I know um, has. Well, I, I think you're right on target. And the other thing, you know, is we're talking about this and we're talking about um, the, the cost and the access that, the, the cost that goes up, the access that is denied. You know, the other thing is, is, is there's a real opportunity cost involved with this, too, in that, you know, with the, the mandates of the hospital, of the, not only the additional cost of the particular service that you have, but going to a big hospital rather than going to a, a surgical center around the corner from you where um, the procedures can be done much more efficiently because it's just a smaller a smaller facility, um, more efficient. And the cost that, that the patient incurs, the cost that the doctor incurs, just in the time that it takes to do this, the, the records, I mean, goodness gracious, you know this better than anybody, the, <clears throat> the medical records and all that have to be kept 
that are required with the hospital that many of those you don't have to do if you own your own facility as a health care provider. Um, what, what is the latest figure? I've heard 40% of the medical cost is actually just in compliance with insurance requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so all of those things cost money, too. And just the time that is involved for the patient, for the patient's family, the impact that that has. Um, and then, of course, the physician as well. Well, well, you know, this is every, everything. Is, this is a, a daunting uh, issue, and uh, I, I'd like to um, go into the last segment, talking about what the prospects for CON reform are going to be in North Carolina, and what people, um, individuals, can can uh, uh, do. How you're going to gain support so that we can see these things come to fruition, and we'll be back for our last segment in the Doctors' Lounge on America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. I'm Marita Noon, and I would like to invite you to listen live or download my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're back in the doctor's lounge as we get into our final segment. I'm here today with our guest, um, Becky Gray, Vice President for Outreach from the John Locke Foundation. We've focused mostly today on uh, certificate of need laws and other issues that uh, we're confronting right now in healthcare and what we need to do to try to fight them back. And uh, Becky, I know that uh, in North Carolina, there is an effort for uh, uh, the uh, this past legislative session, and I know the coming legislative session, to uh, try to uh, push back the CON laws. So, so tell me what uh, what the game plan is going to be for the next legislative session. Okay. Well, first of all, I feel like I need to mention in 2005 uh, we published a paper called Certificate of Need Laws. It's time for repeal. Now, again, that was in 2005, and we are still using that paper because the arguments are still the same. So, this is not a new fight. It is something that's been going on for you know for a decade. Um, our General Assembly just started last week, so we're still, you know, very new with, with getting the issues out there. But this is something that's been discussed in the North Carolina General Assembly. There was a bill that passed um, the House last year, uh, did not make it through the Senate, 
but the issue is still very much, very much alive. Um, some of the efforts that we're doing at the John Locke Foundation, we have a website called RestoreHealthCareFreedom.com. Um, so I would invite folks to go there. You can join this fight with us, and there's a place to enter your information. There's also a lot of information about certificate of need, Many of the, a lot of the details of what we've talked about today. Um, but again, it's RestoreHealthCareFreedom.com. And we're working with um, several legislators. Interestingly enough, one of the questions is there is one faction in the General Assembly that believes that complete repeal of certificate of need is the only way to go. And anything less than complete repeal is just not worth doing. There is another faction in the General Assembly that believes that to start to peel back those certificate of need laws on particular um, particular areas, ambulatory surgical centers, uh, long-term care, uh, mental health beds, some of those kind of things. So um, there, there are some negotiations going on there. There is also a suggestion of perhaps doing a repeal that would become effective in the next two, three, four years so that you um, sort of phase it out, if you will, rather than a complete repeal immediately. Um, so there's several good ideas out there, of course, at the John Locke Foundation. We believe that to repeal it and repeal it tomorrow in its entirety is the most effective way to do this. But the interesting thing is, and I think this is the important thing, that again, just like the public is beginning to really look at health care costs the direction of health care in this country, that's what we're seeing at the General Assembly here in North Carolina is legislators who didn't know what certificate of need was two years ago are really looking at it. They're beginning to see that it really is a problem, what the implications are, and there is a growing appetite to do something about this, just like there's an appetite to do a lot of things within the health care Field, um, you know, whether that's um, Medicaid reform, whether that is clearing the path for direct primary care, whether it is really just taking a close look at how Medicaid is administered to bring those costs down. Um, so, again, I think that the, the conversation is going. It is ongoing. We are hopeful that we can get some kind of repeal through this General Assembly session, but like many of these really important transformational ideas, it may take several years for us to get where we really want to be. And you know what? Just like Docs for Patient Care, we at the John Locke Foundation, we are willing to to continue this fight until we get where we are because our freedom really is at risk, and that is something worth doing. Becky, who is the... Uh the uh, let me let me say this a different way the, this is a, a a major challenge everybody who pays attention to this recognizes that what are the obstacles to getting con legislation passed in north carolina who are the 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 uh interests that are uh influencing the legislators not to roll back some of these regulations or repeal it entirely? Well, I think it's the same here in North Carolina that is is in other states, and and we've talked about this throughout the whole show. It's the hospitals. They are the ones who have the biggest interest in this. They are the beneficiaries of certificate of need. They are the ones who right now control all of it, and they are not going to give it up easily. 
I think that the best way to make these changes is really to engage the public and make them understand what is happening and what is at stake, what the the implications of not changing is going to mean for them. And I, I, I think the best way to do this is with op-eds, calling out people who are the uh, barriers, the people in the, in, the, in the General Assembly who are in the pocket of the hospitals and other special interests, and, and making them accountable to their constituents. You're, you're absolutely right, and, and that, that is what we are doing here. Again, we've written from just extensively on this, and at RestoreHealthCareFreedom.com, you will see all of our work and other good work by Mercatus Institute and others is, is on there. Um, we are also hosting a discussion. This is the second or third type panel discussion that, that we have hosted for legislators over the last three or four years. And um, we are hosting one on May 17th to bring in um, some folks from Mercatus. We're bringing in a physician to talk about the impact. This is an orthopedist who, those ambulatory surgical centers where you could go in and get knee surgery are part of the certificate of need restrictions. Uh, We have a legislator come to talk about that, too. We will be talking to the health committees and educating legislators and their constituents about what this problem is and the impact that it has on their on their lives. Um, you know, one thing that's been kind of interesting in this argument, and I, I think you've seen this too, is it, it really is very simple. There's a monopoly, and we need to break the monopoly up and allow the free market to work in healthcare. Those that are in favor of certificate of need and have an interest in maintaining certificate of need are making this as complicated as they possibly can. And they use all kinds of acronyms and all sort of terminology that the average person doesn't know, and they just make it appear so complicated. And then they also express, you know, dire and catastrophic things that are going to happen without these mandates in place, that people won't be able to get health care, that their local hospitals will close, and all kinds of things that we see over and over again that those just are not true. Um, so it's a, you know, it's a real challenge. It is, it is a heavy lift. It is an uphill battle. But our very freedom is at risk, freedom for our health care. And we talked earlier about we're sort of at a, a crossroads. We're at a fork in the road where do we go for more government control? Do we continue that spiral that we've seen with Obamacare? Is that the direction that we want our health care to go in? Or do we see, take that other road? where there are free markets, there's opportunities, there's options, there's freedom to choose what is best for you and your family. And we just believe that, that the health care freedom is a movement that we are, in, we are in for the long haul. We're in until we get this done. As are we, Becky, and I, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is uh, the only physician-led, physician-run health care think tank in the country, and we've made ourselves... Uh, available, and we've partnered with many of the groups, such as the John Locke Foundation, that are helping to fight this battle for healthcare freedom, which is what our foundation is dedicated to. That's our mission statement. And uh, at this point in time, we're 
as you said, as we've talked about in in the show throughout this morning, we're at a crossroads, and the groups that are all working to uh, to uh, to fight back the the bureaucratic state. Our goal in Docs for Patient Care is to unify these groups and try to get working together something that uh, our side doesn't do quite as well as the other side. And I think if we can all work together and and make the case, because I think the case is is quite clear and it's an easy case to make, but it's very hard to to push back and and reverse what's been entrenched, and that's what has to happen if people would want to uh, be able to be in charge of their health care, get the doctor that they want, know that the care that they're getting is being delivered by somebody who has their interests at heart and is not conflicted by some other interest. Well, you're, you're absolutely right, and I will tell you we are proud to stand with you in this fight, and I know we, we've talked about getting you down here, getting you into North Carolina to talk to some of our decision makers, and um, we just look forward to continuing this fight and working with you, and thank you for your leadership in this and your expertise. Um, you know, it helps to have, very much helps to have those, the, the doctors and people like yourself at the forefront of this, fighting for patients. I think just that message is so strong that, you know, to, to wrestle this away and to put it back in the hands of doctors who care about their patients and doctors like Docs for Patient Care. So thank you for your for your good work. Well, thank you, Becky. I couldn't say it any better than you have, and that's a great um, point to close the show on. So, Becky... Gray, thank you for joining us in the Doctor's Lounge today, and I hope that we can get you back in the future. And um, uh, uh, on behalf of my co-host, Dr. Michael Karuchek, this is your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, signing off from the Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.